You're listening to the Booked Out Beauty Business Podcast for hairstylists that want to make bank behind the chair without the burnout. I am your host, Becca Kavanaugh, business coach for hairstylists. I was behind the chair for five years where I built up a full clientele while working a part-time job and located in a small town. Now I dedicate my work to helping stylists like you break free of the underpaid and overworked cycle so you can double your bookings and become the go-to stylist in your area. If you want a long, thriving career as a stylist, then you're in the right place. Let's get going. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening. Today we're talking about red flags in salons. So what to avoid, what to look out for, and how to get the fuck out. I'm going to be outlining you three different levels that I want you to look at today when it comes to red flags in salons because I don't think that all red flags are created equal. So the different categories that we have today are stay away, which is the worst one. I don't I don't even want you looking in the direction of these salons if they do these things. So stay away. The next one is plan your escape. And then we also have be careful. So plan your escape as if you're in it already and you need to get out. You have some time, but it's time to get out and move on. And then be careful is just keep your mind open. Make sure that you're looking at things, making sure that you are clocking all the things that feel a little off. So my credentials with this, I have worked for the worst of the worst in the salons, and I do not want you to have to go through the same exact thing. It is way more pain than it's worth. I want to save you a lot of fucking heartbreak and a lot of time, because let's be honest, when it comes to these predatory salons, there is not a future as much as they try to sell you on one. There is not. And I also want to not essentially like demonize all salon owners that are doing these things. Not that they're listening to this podcast episode because they probably don't even want to improve anyway. But I will say that salon owners just have never been taught these things. So the reason why some of these things that I'm going to be outlining to you feel so common is because they are. Because they are literally replicating some of the predatory things that they have been taught or have been modeled to them because there is no guidebook to being a business owner and having salon ownership. Now, that does not excuse this behavior because I don't think that it's right. And I do think if you signed up to own a salon, you had signed up to be a boss and to be a leader. And you better believe that you better get the help for that because then you're you're going to fall into these problems. And, you know, a lot of people when they own businesses, I feel like they just go into victim mentality and they're like, oh, why me? And then they create all these weird rigid rules. They create all these predatory things. Um, and then they wonder why nobody wants to work for them. It's like, hello, maybe look in the mirror, girl. Anyway, so I want to help you avoid these things. I want you to know what to look out for because again, there is no guidebook. There is no guidebook outside of state (laughs) board regulations Um, outside all of those things. We don't fucking know what to look for. So I want to help you so that way you don't go through the shit that I did behind the chair. And especially if you're kind of a newer stylist um, or if you're kind of more in a rural area, even though I'm going to be covering literally anything behind the chair, I'm going to be covering if you're an independent stylist like a booth renter or if you are commissioned or if you're assisting, all these things are going to be helpful for you. You want to look out for all of this, right? And what I really want to start off with here is the mindset I want you to have as a hairstylist, which is remembering that salon owners want to impress you and that salon owners are providing you a service, especially if you're a booth renter. 
They're providing you a service. You are helping them pay their fucking rent. You're helping them keep the lights on. The least they can do is try to impress you and want to keep you to stay, right? <laughs> like, come on. And that comes down to salon culture. That comes down to what they're providing for you um, and all of those things. So when you go to look at a new salon or you know, all these things, like you want to make sure that you are interviewing them as much as they're trying to interview you, right? You want to make sure that you're a good fit and you're not going to be able to interview them if you don't know what to look out for, which is what we're going to be talking about today, right? I want you to question these things if they bring them up. I want you to be the bitch that's like, no, why is this happening? Why do you provide this, right? <laughs> because I want you to know what to look out for. And you're going to know after this podcast episode. Okay. So number one here is the category of stay away. So this is like, don't even bother. Do not even start with the salon because they are not on your side. They are not your friend. So the first thing is the biggest red flag of all is signing a contract that has a non-compete clause or any other type of predatory language or stipulations. So a non-compete essentially states that you cannot quote unquote, compete against the salon that you're working for. This can be defined in many different ways. And one of the ways that it can be defined though, is if you're an independent stylist, you're a booth renter, let's say, and you're, you have a client that is having a wedding, let's say, and you didn't get this client through the salon. They found you, they want you to do their wedding. You're like, great. You go on location have a great time, you get the paycheck, you're ready to go. And then you go back to the salon on Tuesday and all of a sudden they hand you a lawsuit. Why is that? Because technically, technically you competed against the business by being your own business entity and being an independent stylist, right? They can define it as such and they can sue you for that if you sign that non-compete clause. Predatory because of a lot of reasons, right? But as an independent stylist, like they honestly should not really give a fuck about like what you're doing behind, like outside of behind the chair. You know what I mean? Like they should not care about that. And so if you are signing a contract with a non-compete, like they are essentially kind of owning you and they're not giving you the freedom to essentially get out of that situation if you need it to. Right. Um, so is every salon, though, going to be really harsh with that? Probably not. But why risk it, you know? And it's just not not a good luck. So we want to stay away from that. Don't even entertain it. Do not sign that contract. Another thing inside contracts is predatory language. And predatory language could look like having a minimum time requirement to work at that salon. For example, when I was newly licensed, there was an assistant program that was very highly sought out for in my area. And um, essentially the contract was, was that you had to be an assistant for a year. It was like a year long program, quote unquote. You signed a contract where you had to be an assistant for her for a year. And then after that year is up, it is your responsibility to find someone to fill your position. And if they don't fill your position, then you have to stay in that assistant role and you cannot go up to being a stylist at the salon until that position is filled. Do I need to highlight why this is predatory? So I'm assuming that the reason why they did this is because they like wanted the guise of like under the guise of like, oh, commitment. I want to show, I want you to show me that you're a committed stylist and that you're committed to finishing this program. 
Um, I call bullshit though. What I really think was happening is that this woman probably had a lot of a high turnover rate when it came to assistance. And instead of actually getting to the root problem and solving that and being a better leader, she was like, I'm just going to literally lock them into a contract. And what's extra fucked up about this is that assistant programs, who do they normally attract? They attract stylists that are maybe new to the area or new to being licensed. And they probably don't have their own clientele to fall back on because why would they even sign up for something like this, right? And so, and that makes me feel like you're going to sue someone that potentially doesn't even have a whole lot of money or a lot to fall back on. Predatory, not right, very wrong in the industry. And this is how the industry gets this really like bad rap of being cutthroat and catty is because of things like this, right? So, just stay away if somebody is wanting you to sign a contract that isn't just like a basic business contract that says like, okay, you need to give me this amount of notice if you want to leave. Um, it essentially states like, you know, don't cause damage to my business, things like that, you know, like then, then don't sign it. Like if it's more than just like a basic business contract, do not sign it. Um, contracts are normal when it comes to businesses. Like I have a coaching contract, um, all of those things. This is very normal practice, but at the end of the day, like they shouldn't have these weird stipulations of like, I can quote unquote sue you if you do these things, unless you're like causing damage to the business or something, but I know you wouldn't do that. Okay, so next thing under the stay away category is if they have complete 100% control of your books. Now, the reason why this can get really messy is because I've seen so many instances of salons where stylists um, had given them basically complete 100% access to their bookings, and then they would fire the stylist or the stylist would leave. And then they were all of a sudden like calling up their clients being like, oh, they don't work here anymore, but I can take you now. Or they're bad mouthing you as a stylist, um, all of these things. Or they're not giving them the information. Like when they call the salon, they're not giving the information that you move to a different salon, things like that. Um, just really awful practice. Obviously, they're doing this to like get clients. They have this weird scarcity mindset around clients and they feel like they need to steal clients because apparently they can't get their own. I don't fucking know, but it's weird and it's so awful because you've probably worked very hard for that clientele and they're just essentially going to take all the access to that. So this will also be in a different category in today's podcast episode where I think that having access isn't completely predatory, but in this instance where they have complete 100% control of your books, meaning that they're booking clients for you, meaning that they have complete access to all of your clients' contact information logged in that booking system where they could essentially, if they want to fire you or if you leave, they can like deny access for you to get that information or they really fight you on that information when you leave. Um, you should have access to your books. You should know what's going on and your clients should have contact with you and communication with you outside of the salon phone number. Okay. They should have a personal number from you or a business phone number for you that is yours and yours alone and is outside of the salon. That's my take on that. That will help alleviate things like this happening. So that way you can still communicate with your clients and it's not just through the salon because they could pull shit like this. But honestly, I've only seen salons that want complete control of your books when they are like this, right? Usually salons don't want complete control of your books. It's just not a thing. Okay. So the last one I have under the stay away category is just like bad vibes. Okay. Like if something feels off, I want you to trust that and just stay away. Don't don't start it. Don't fight it. Don't think that this is like the only salon that you could work at. Don't do it. 
For example, a little story I have here is that when I was first starting out as a salon or as a stylist, I found the salon and in my area and I called them up and was like, hey, I am looking for a commission role if that's what you have. And if you do, then call me back. She called me back. I got a meeting with her. And the first thing she says to me is I'm not going to give you commission, but you can pay me rent for $800 a month. And I was like, girl, what the hell? Why you think like, I can't do that. I can't afford that. I'm like newly licensed. I have no clientele. I'm looking for a place to get my start. And you called me to this meeting just to tell me this essentially. So I was already turned off from that. But then what was even crazier was that she then grilled me on technical questions. I've never had an interview like this ever since, but she grilled me on technical questions. Now, usually I, I'm pretty like, I can stand my own and everything, but you guys have to think when I was newly licensed, I was literally 20 years old. Like I was still kind of a baby, you know, but now I'm like, girl, what the hell? <laughs> I don't understand why you did this to me. But she grilled me on technical questions that honestly were true questions or they weren't even correct. Like she didn't even have the correct answers. And it was so weird because I felt like she just wanted to like beat me down and tell me that I was wrong, but she'll, but then at the end of it, she was almost like, but I'll give you a chance. You know, it was this weird vibe. And I'm so glad I listened to myself. Cause I was just like, you know, she says she's going to give me a chance, but all of this just feels really wrong and off. And my gut was so right because I heard horror stories from like other stylists that had left her, that she did awful, awful things to them, that she like stole things from them, that she evicted them without um, giving a notice, like things like that. Um, so I'm really glad I trusted my gut. And this is just a validation to you. Like if things even feel a little bit off and something's telling you in your body, trust that trust it and just stay away. Don't even force yourself to like try and get your start there or do whatever. Just, just find a new salon. I promise you it'll be the right move. Okay. So then the next category I have for under red flags is plan your escape. So this means that you maybe are in a situation right now that feels a little bit off. I want to validate you on that. And also if there's just things that are happening in the salon that maybe you didn't think was wrong and now you're seeing like, okay, it is wrong. This is like, where you're going to start to find a different salon. Like, yes, you have a little bit of time to like figure out a plan to get out. Like, it's not like, oh my God, you need to get out right now, right this second. But it is something to start to plan your escape because you don't want to be here long-term. Again, you do not have a future with these people. I promise you, you can find salons that will be so much more accommodating and actually follow the laws. Okay. So the first one here is about commission stylists. So if you're a commission stylist, but the salon is not providing you color, they're not providing you back bar, they are dictating your schedule, and then at the end of the year, they're sending you a 1099. This is just wrong on many, many levels, but I really want to break it down in a way that is going to probably really click, okay? Because I'm assuming that you are wanting to be a commission stylist because you're afraid about affording rent. That was my main motive to being a commission stylist when I was, right? I didn't want to have to pay rent. I didn't want to have that like leverage over me. I want to just make the amount of money that I could make. You know, I wanted to make more money that way. As a commission stylist though, if you are paying for color and you're paying for back bar and you're paying your own taxes, you're not actually profiting that much. And you can make so much more if you were on your own. And let me break this down for you, is that let's say you are in a 40, 60 commission salon, meaning that you're going to get 40 and they're going to get 60, which is already pretty predatory. Like, 
ideally you would want to be 60, 40, like you get 60 and the salon gets 40, but I've seen more instances where you're actually getting 40 and they're getting 60. So let's say you're getting 40% and now you have to pay for color. You can already knock off like a good 20% off of that, right? Like, especially if you're doing a big transformation or something, color can be expensive, especially nowadays, right? So you can knock off 20% already. Okay. So now you're profiting 20%. Now you have to pay taxes on that 20%. So now you're going to take off 15%. You are now making 5% of every service that you do. 5%. So no, it's no longer 40% commission. You're profiting 5%. And let me tell you, my clients profit way more than 5% behind the chair as booth rental stylists. Okay. So get out. <laughs> you can afford to probably get out at this point, right? Another thing around commission, it's such a huge gray area, especially in California, which is a state that I live and I'm familiar with those laws. So I just want to put that disclaimer as well is that anything that I tell you today about laws, it might be different in your state. So you just need to brush yourself up on your own rights. But in California, commission is such a gray area because they it's a very pro-employee state. And commission, because in California, they have to provide health care and things like that if you're an employee, you know, like commission such as weird gray area. And a lot of, I would say like, it's a little bit few and far between because salons don't want to take like the lawsuit. Like they don't want to take the risk of of infiltrating or like breaking labor laws by accident, right? So it's a little bit more few and far between. It's not as common in California, I would say, but I would say as a commission stylist, if a salon is kind of like dictating your schedule, meaning that they want you to be there at a certain time and for a certain amount of time, but then they're also not giving you breaks. They're also not helping you in any regard that way. Like I would say that's against labor laws. That's not okay, you know, and it's not okay to have that expectation. For I want for you is that you're going to have the freedom as an independent stylist, but you're essentially going to be paying your rent in a commission way. You know, for example, when I was first starting out, um, I had a salon that was a booth rental salon that helped me work up to being a booth renter. But in the meantime, when I was building out my clientele, she worked with me off commission, but she did not dictate my schedule. I told her the days that I could be there. Right. And then I got to book my own clients. I got to do all that. And then essentially, if I made more than a certain day, I paid kind of like a day rate. But if I made less than a certain amount, then I paid just commission. Right. That was the most ideal scenario. So I would say that if you're first starting out, like maybe something like that, because at the end of the day, I was like paying a day rate. So I was technically a booth renter. Right. But it wasn't um, predatory. Like she wasn't trying to like steal my money. She was genuinely like trying to help me, you know, so. I would say that that would be kind of like the best case scenario if you're going to be more of like a commission salon. She also provided me color. So I just want to say that this is possible for you with starting out. Um, it can happen where you find really great salon owners that actually want to see you thrive in the industry and get your start. Okay. So again, if they're dictating your schedule, if they're not providing you color, if they're not providing you back bar, then I would say plan your escape. It's time to get out. You don't have a future with this salon and you're honestly, they're, they're stealing your money, honestly they're stealing it. Um, they're exploiting you. Um, uh, and you know, I, I know that sounds really harsh, but I just don't want to sugarcoat anything in this because it's, it happens, right? It happens. And I think it, sometimes it does take that harsh language for it to click and be like, oh shit, I need to get the fuck out. You know what I mean? Okay. So then let's talk about independent stylists. You need to plan your escape if they are treating stylists 
the way you don't want to be treated. You know what I mean? If you're seeing them treat other stylists and you go, oh, but they would never treat me that way. Girl, girl, get it together because they will. Because they will. They're, they're showing you. Like, you're not special. I'm sorry, but you're not. You're not special. You're not their bestie. You you think that you are, but you're not. So if they're treating you in a way, like, if you see them treat other stylists the way that you don't want to be treated, then they will treat you that way as well. Don't think that you're special, okay? That is going to be your downfall if you think that you're special and have a special relationship with them. Because they will absolutely turn around and treat you the same exact way. And this could look like like firing, you know, um, I've seen a lot of stylists get fired and they didn't give people an eviction notice. Like I was talking about with that other salon owner that I encountered. Um, and in California, again, I don't know the laws in other areas, but in California, if you are booth renting, they have to give you eviction notice, just like if you're paying rent. And if they don't give you eviction notice and they're like, Hey, just pack your shit and get out. You're done. Um, you can sue them for that. Um, actually, because it goes against rental agreements. So again, if they're doing that to stylists, they will absolutely do it to you. Do not think that you're special. That is how they get you. Okay. So I want you to protect yourself and take note of if they are treating stylists the way you don't want to be treated, remember that and start to plan your escape and get the fuck out. Okay. Another thing around, I want to talk about a little bit about assistance. You should be planning your escape if they are not paying you an hourly rate. And if they're not giving you breaks, things like that, you should get out. Um, also again, if you're like in this weird contract with them where they want you to stay a certain amount, get out. You know what I mean? So assistance, you should be on an hourly rate. Um, that is what I would say with that. Don't rely on them tipping you out or getting you commission, but then they expect you to be there at a certain time for a certain length of time. Not okay. Um, they should be paying you hourly. That's my take on it. I think that that provides the most um, protection, right? And then that means that you're an employee for them, you know, and that you have employee rights. So that is what I would say with that. If they are doing something outside of that, I would plan your escape because you just don't know how safe that is. You know, you you don't know. They might just be in a mad mood one day and then not have you come in and fire you or whatever the hell. And then, yeah, it's just messy, messy, messy. Okay. So then the last category we have here is be careful. This means that just be mindful. I want you to have a little bit open eyes. I want you to be remembering these things if things are like this are happening. I want you to just be careful. This is not necessarily that you need to find a new salon, but it is just like, mm, maybe, maybe just remember that. You know what I mean? Okay. The first one here, going back to the books, right, is they have access to your books, but not control. Okay, so it's very different than what we talked about before. They don't have control over your books, meaning that they are not solely booking clients for you and you can't book clients for yourself. They don't have complete control of your schedule. Um, you're able to go in and edit your schedule. You're able to book your own clients. You're able to have access to all of your client contact information. You have access to all of this, but they just also have access if they want to see what's going on for your day. So I think that this has become more common when it comes to like salon culture, because let's say maybe they want to help you out. Maybe they get calls from the salon and want to put people on your books for you. Um, or like 
you know, maybe they just want to see if you're in the salon that day. Maybe your clients are calling, you know, things like that. Or like, let's say you get sick one day and they want to notify your clients for you. I think that it can be very helpful for them to have access to your books. But again, this is very different from control. This means that they can see things, but they don't have complete access and like that they can just take all your client information and like lock you out of it. You need to make sure that you also have your own access, that you have your own copies of everything, that you have your own like profile on there on the booking site. That will ensure that you that you can keep your clients, that they can't just like steal all your clients and shit like that. So again, be careful. Again, like have your own copies of things. Make sure you're protecting yourself. Make sure that your clients have communication with you outside of the salon phone number. Make sure that you have all of that. Just be careful about it, but I wouldn't say it's like a you need to leave right now. Another one is under the be careful category is having a dress code. So I do think that it can be good sometimes in salon culture. Like let's say you have like a very upscale salon. They have certain expectations. You need to dress a certain way or look a certain way. I get it, right? But just like your regular old salon is just like making you have a uniform, um, I would say it's 2023 and we want our stylists to be able to express themselves. And as a client, your clients want to be able to point out like what stylists that they vibe with just by like how they're expressing themselves through their looks, right? Through their hair, through tattoos, through, you know, how they decide to dress up that day. You know what I mean? Now, I don't, I don't think it's unreasonable to have expectations for how to dress, meaning like, obviously you don't want people coming out in like club attire to the salon, right? And, and during the day, you know what I mean? But like, I do think that having clients, I mean, having stylists be able to express themselves is really important, especially in 2023. So again, it just gives me a little bit like outdated, a little bit control, a little bit like, mm, just be careful vibes, you know? The last one I have under be careful is probably the most important, which is having unspoken expectations in the salon that potentially are creating tension or resentment between stylists and salon owners. So I would say that a salon owner is their responsibility to ask you certain things, to provide expectations, to elaborate, to be reasonable with their expectations. Um, I have been in a lot of scenarios where salon owners didn't communicate any form of expectation to me, but then all of a sudden we were getting all of these like very passive aggressive group text messages in like the salon group chat. I think that's really bad leadership. Um, I, for me, somebody like I'm a pretty anxious person. I have a lot of anxiety around, you know, being in trouble, things like that, that I've worked a lot through, but I would say a lot of people are like me in that regard. And they, feel very called out during those situations, even though I know I wasn't necessarily the one that was being called out in those text messages. But then when I got to the salon, I felt like I was working overtime for everybody else. Like I was overcompensating. And that made me feel like a lot of built up resentment in the salon because I felt very unappreciated unappreciated. And I also felt like a lot of stylists just got to kind of come in, do their job and go home. Meanwhile, I was like helping deep clean the salon. I was going above and beyond. And, and then I was still getting all these like passive aggressive text messages while I was off work, while I was out of the salon, not a good feeling, you know? And so it's just really unspoken expectations. I felt like all of those things should have been either talked about on an individual level where they actually pointed out to certain stylists and talked about individually the expectations that they had. This should have been in meetings. It should have been in emails. It should not have been in just like 
casual text messages where the salon owner was obviously heated in the moment and just like berating us through text messages at like 11 o'clock at night. Not okay. Um, so again, be careful. Um, is this a get the fuck out? I don't know. But like, I, I guess it depends on you. But at the time, I didn't feel like it was. But looking back, I'm like, yeah, I should have saw the signs, right? Because I did not have a good ending with the salon. And it all kind of made sense at the end of the day. Salon owners were just never taught business skills. Um, but that is not an excuse. Um, if you signed on to be a salon owner, this is what you signed up for. And we don't expect our salon owners to be perfect, but we do expect them to take the feedback and make improvements, right? Am I right? Okay. So I hope that this podcast helped. I know <laughs> there was probably a lot that we covered here that maybe you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, but at the end of the day, I think that you need to trust your gut, trust what feels right and what doesn't feel right. And even if things aren't a super like in your face red flag that we covered today, but you still just feel a little bit off about what's going on, trust that, you know, and find ways to get into a new salon or create your own space or find something that works better for you. There are so many different routes in the industry and you don't have to just take the one route that we've seen, which is being a booth renter behind the chair. There's so many different ways to carve out your own space in the industry. And if you want guidance and help on that, that's what I can help you with inside one-on-one -on -one coaching. We will talk exactly about how to plan your escape. Maybe we will talk about how to get you in a better salon. We will talk about how to create your own space in the industry and your own client tell so that way you have the confidence to not just have to stay at one salon. You know that you will be able to go anywhere because you've created your own opportunities and you've created your own clients. And isn't that what we all want at the end of the day is to have that freedom and flexibility behind the chair. So that's exactly what I can help you with. If you want to work one-on-one, -on -one, you can book a sales call with me and the links are always down in the show notes. I hope that you guys have a beautiful, beautiful week. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And we will talk very soon. If you're serious about becoming the go-to stylist in your area, then you need to snag my free profitable income calculator. The top reason stylists leave the industry early is lack of income. So this calculator will give you the real numbers on what you can and can't afford behind the chair so you can keep your dream business alive. Are you ready to become booked out in six months or less? Then book a sales call to work one-on-one. -on -one. All links are in the show notes to get started. Thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.